Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Monday, the 13th of March in London. Coming up today. Sold for a pound, HSBC buys the UK division of Silicon Valley Bank for a nominal fee. Safe, sound and well capitalised, the Bank of England seeks to offer reassurance on the wider UK banking system. The backup plan, US authorities protect SVB depositors in a bid to avert contagion. Plus, Fed fallout, Goldman scraps its bet on a March rate hike because of the recent stress in the banking system. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning from London. I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Anna Edwards. You're listening to Daybreak Europe, our top story. Chancellor Jeremy Hunt has announced a deal to buy out the UK unit of the collapsing Silicon Valley Bank. A sale has been agreed to HSBC, which is Europe's biggest bank, one of the most creditworthy institutions in the world. And what that means is that all those really important companies that had deposits with Silicon Valley Bank UK can access their deposits, uh, can access normal banking services as of this morning. It's a very important outcome. No taxpayers' money has been used. Jeremy Hunt there telling reporters the transaction has been completed immediately and that customers with SVB UK will be able to bank as normally. Responding to the news moments after it broke, Octavio Morenzi, CEO of capital markets consultancy Optimus, said claims that no taxpayer money is involved are perhaps not what they seem. Well, my sense is that HSBC could not possibly have done any sort of due diligence on the acquisition target in the time available. So I don't believe they were pouring through the books over the weekend or maybe at some very superficial level to get an understanding of what they were actually buying. So I'm assuming that HSBC must have got some sort of very strong ironclad guarantees from the Treasury or from the Bank of England that HSBC is not going to incur any losses on this deal. They basically say, okay, we'll take it sight unseen, but you are going to have to guarantee the performance. Octavio Morenzi's comments come after ministers and officials spent the weekend drawing up plans to ring-fence the UK's technology and life sciences industries, following warnings they could be crippled without intervention over SVB. Over to the US now, and authorities have stepped in to protect all Silicon Valley bank depositors there as they look to stem jitters about the health of the financial sector. The Treasury Department, Federal Reserve and Federal Deposit Insurance Corps jointly announced the effort to strengthen confidence in the banking system. Speaking to CBS, US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and says this is a problem caused not by the tech sector, but by higher rates. 
been suffering from a downturn and has had some significant layoffs. Um, the problems of this bank um, from reporting about its situation suggest that because we're in a higher interest rate environment, um, assets that it holds, many of which are uh, treasury assets or mortgage-backed securities that are guaranteed by the government, um, lose market value. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen there speaking on Face the Nation. In a statement, President Biden said the solution, quote, protects American workers and small businesses and keeps our financial system safe. Now, it's not just SVB. Three banks have collapsed in the U.S. in a week. SVB, the crypto-friendly bank Silvergate Capital and Signature Bank, which was closed by New York state regulators on Sunday. Authorities say both Signature's insured and uninsured customers will be able to access their deposits today. The bank had faced a torrent of deposit outflows on Friday, but Barney Frank, a Signature Bank board member known for the Dodd-Frank Act, said he thought the bank could have been a going concern. Bloomberg's reporting an auction for the business could begin as soon as today. Stress in the banking sector means some see a rethink for the Federal Reserve. Economists led by Jan Hatzius at Goldman Sachs say they no longer expect the Fed to raise borrowing costs in March, citing, quote, recent stress in the banking system. JP Morgan said in a note on Sunday that it continues to expect a 25 basis point hike at next week's meeting. This ahead of US inflation data, which is due on Tuesday, with economists expecting CPI to rise by 0.4% from the previous month, down slightly from the 0.4%. 0.5% rate in January. And uh, that's the, that concludes our top story, Stephen. And a, a nice place to linger for a moment because Goldman Sachs might be saying that the Fed will be done with hiking as a result of this because, of course, it will tighten lending conditions. So you can see that argument. Others say, well, yes, lending conditions might be tightened, but that might not be enough to weigh down on inflation and the Fed will still have an inflation problem that requires rate hikes. So there are both of those sides, both of those voices being heard this morning. Yeah, and certainly on the WIRP function on the terminal, they are still, markets still pricing in a 25 basis point hike at the next meeting on the 22nd uh, of this month. So that debate still ongoing. I am keeping one eye on HSBC shares. Still not much movement on them, just down by a tenth of 1% in London this morning. But of course, we are focused on the news that we've had today that HSBC is buying the British arm of Silicon Valley Bank. The Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, has been speaking about this a short time ago. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Well, there was never a systemic risk to our financial stability in the UK. The Bank of England governor made that clear from the outset. But a number of our most promising and important technology and life science companies had their money with Silicon Valley Bank in their UK branch. So we've been working over the weekend. I've been in constant contact with the governor of the Bank of England, uh, the Prudential Regulatory Authority, uh, the Prime Minister, to work up a solution. Uh, we do now have that solution. A sale has been agreed to HSBC, which is Europe's biggest bank, one of the most creditworthy institutions in the world. And what that means is that all those really important companies that had deposits with Silicon Valley Bank UK can access their deposits, uh, can access normal banking services as of this morning. It's a very important outcome. No taxpayers' money has been used, and I think it's a result of a lot of hard work. But I also think it shows that the UK has uh, great resilience in its financial system, that we're able to step in with one of our biggest UK banks in a situation like this and protect a very important sector. 
It has been a weekend of frenzied activity, we know that. Why was it so important to get this done quickly? Well, when you have very young companies, very promising companies, uh, they're also fragile, uh, they need to pay their staff, and they were worried that as of 8 o'clock this morning, uh, they might literally not be able to access their bank accounts. Some of them only had bank accounts with Silicon Valley Bank UK. And so for that reason, we were faced with a situation where uh, we could have seen some of our most important companies, our most strategic companies, uh, wiped out, and that would have been extremely dangerous. We have built, over the last decade, the third largest tech economy in the world, after only China and the United States. So it's very important to us, as a country, that this sector thrives, and that's why the Prime Minister, I, the Bank of England, were all rolling our sleeves up over the weekend to make sure we had a solution. OK, but this whole crisis emerged from something completely unexpected, the collapse of a US bank because of unforeseen circumstances, unforeseen weaknesses in the financial system. How concerned are you that there might be other similar situations brewing up inside the financial system? Well, we always have to watch everything that's happening everywhere in the world when it comes to financial stability. But what I would say is the Bank of England is very clear. The UK banking system is extremely uh, secure. It's well capitalised. And I think we demonstrated that uh, resilience by what was happening over the weekend and the fact that we were able to come up with a solution so quickly. And final question, why did you push for a sale? There, are, there were other options on the table. Well, we uh, were keen to make sure there was a solution that protected our tech sector, protected these companies. Uh, we were neutral as to what that solution was, except for the fact, obviously, we did not want taxpayers' money to be used. Um, but we were looking at all options, uh, and we needed to be sure that if the sale didn't happen, we had other solutions ready. Uh, that's why it was important to do a huge amount of work on a variety of solutions over the weekend. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. That was the Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, there speaking to journalists just a short time ago. OK, let's get some analysis. Joining us now, Peter Hahn, who's the Emeritus Professor of Banking and Finance at the London Institute of Banking and Finance and a non-executive director at the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. He was a senior advisor to the Bank of England's PRA uh, when they set the rules after 2008. So a great voice to have with us today. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Is this the right response, do you think, then, from the UK Treasury? The UK looks pretty good in this. In fact, compared to 15 years ago in the last banking crisis, we look like we handled it quickly in the UK. We took it out of the public domain very fast. The US looks like quite a bit of failures of oversight. It's it's a complete reverse of the last financial crisis where we're actually looking like we we got through through it efficiently and they're in a big mess that they've got to settle still. So for you, is this 
is everything sorted now? Has this been resolved? I think for the UK, it has been resolved. Uh, it's it's a it's a tiny dot for HSBC worldwide. I know you've been mentioning mm. what's happening with the share price for costing HSBC, a pound, <laughs> but it's. Not, I'm, I'm sure there's more to it. Whether those details eventually how they come out, because as a prior. Um, commentator mentioned there wasn't a lot of time to do due diligence and stuff on this transaction. So, you know, but a deal's been done. It's taken out of the public's dom- public domain. There's no crisis to happen. There's no system systemic plan that needs to be developed. So, it should. It does look done and dusted on mm. the UK side. What's still missing in the U- US response then? Oh. The- for the U.S., they don't have a buyer, but they have guaranteed deposits, and they put in place some cheap funding for banks. Oh yes, no, the whole plan is going to get looked over today. How much public money is going into it? The the U.S. has said it's not taxpayers' money, but in in a sense, the the plan to buy securities at market value that they've come up with banks, somebody's subsidizing a purchase of securities at a non-market price. Some of the uh, guaranteed for deposits that may be paid out might come out of the FDIC reserve fund that's been funded by, in a sense, a tax on deposits. Who pays that tax on deposits in America? Mm. Depositors who use the banking system, that's the public. So, it's so the, the politics pub- will yeah. run and run. Yes. But in terms of the crisis, have they averted that? Yes, I think they have. But what the, the, the risk is that they've thrown out about 10 years' worth of resolution concepts. And essentially, the, the quick answer was to guarantee all deposits. So the next bank that goes under, wouldn't you, if you were an uninsured depositor, say, what about me? What about my employees? What about what's going to happen to us? I wonder what you make of the, the comments from Prestige Economics President Jason Schenker that there's never just one cockroach. Do you think there could be more banks? To- I'm so sure there are. I mean, look, the... Ultimately, this starts with the rollback of regulation five years ago in the States. And you have a bank with a $200 billion balance sheet that didn't do basic liquidity practice, You know that was buying long-term mortgage bonds with overnight depositor money. That's a, a gross failure of oversight. And I'm sure it hasn't happened at just one institution. Mm, because some of what they were buying was because of regulation, wasn't it? The fact that they were buying mortgage-backed securities and treasuries. They, post-GFC, banks had to do more of that, right? But you're, you're saying that they bought the wrong no, duration actually, things. The, the rules that came out, and, and this is a big... We in the UK and Europe tend to follow the Basel guidance, which critically focuses on something called liquidity coverage and net stable funding. In simple terms, it means that if your deposits are overnight, you've got to keep your money more or less overnight. The U.S. follows that with its largest banks, but it doesn't do it for banks that are under $250 billion. And that's a huge you know, lack of you know, attention to that sector. So this bank, instead of it, it had overnight deposits and was investing in potentially 30-year mortgage bonds, that was what Lehman Brothers did. Hmm. So you know, in a, this was a failure. So it looked like it was no risk, but in fact it was really basic poor liquidity management. Will those rules now have to change then? Will the U.S. have to apply them to smaller banks? I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll, they'll be quite a quick brush over it. And that's part of the 
the Fed program that's been announced is probably to allow some smaller banks to transition to better liquidity management. And the question is, who's going to pay for that? Yes, indeed. I mean, we mentioned the politics of this. That that, that will run and run, I suppose. Yes. Oh, no, there'll be a lot of finger pointing and blame. And and in fact, it's it's probably going to come out that it's all Donald Trump. But in fact, it was, I believe, a a bipartisan effort to roll back regulation five years ago. So it's it's no single person. How did we miss this risk, do you think? Uh, Well, what what really is happening is we're in the financial sector entirely, not just financial services, we're, we're trans- transitioning back to, to normal, I'd call it that way. We've gone from this kind of zero-rate environment, which encouraged all kinds of decisions that were based slowly over time on it continuing forever, right? So, gee, if interest rates stay zero, let's, let's buy something very long-term that pays a little more because interest rates are going to stay zero. So as we transition back to what I'd call a, a more normal interest rate environment, where there are interest rates, I guess is an easier way to say it, um, a lot of those poor decisions are going to rise to the surface. And it's not only poor decisions, but of course, there were all kinds of uh, investment opportunities over the last 10 years that arose because of zero interest rates, a lot of those in the digital asset space. And they're all going to get another review in the next um, few weeks, I'd say. Mm. In, terms of the tech, in terms of the tech sector, I mean, you were talking about a lack of regulation here. Is the tech sector going to be found to be to blame, though? I mean, this is a sector that famously likes to move fast and break things. Uh, and well, they, they've broken something here. I would say... For If we look in a couple of easy ways, you've got one, founders, sponsors, groups for tech companies who, by definition, diversify their portfolios and say, we've got 50 or 500 companies that we invest in. But by the way, we like all those 50 or 500 companies to put their money in the same bank. This sort of brings home the issue of how silly he was. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.